<laughs> Good morning, Garnia. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, a couple seconds late here, a couple minutes. Uh, yeah. It, technical difficulties. What, what? Who's who's the carrier on this phone? I need to turn the brightness down. T-Mobile. T-Mobile. Thank you, T-Mobile, for saving us from Verizon. Um, this is uh, apparently, according to our producer, Jim Freedom, executive producer Jim Freedom, back in the producer's chair today, uh, there was a solar flare uh, that he heard an announcement about that was uh, expect outages. Really? I, I think it's more that we live in a fucking third world country. Holy shit. God damn, do you not feel this shit? I mean, this is like, this is perfectly in line with the theme of today's show. You know, we had a, we had a lot of fun yesterday. Uh, the team here had a lot of fun without us on Monday. Tuesday, if you missed it, special Cointel Pro edition of Adam versus the Man. Please check that out. I think that was a very important episode. I'm going to be like plugging that like the book. If you haven't listened to the Freedom audiobook, if you haven't watched the Cointel Pro edition of Adam versus the Man, uh, I, I think we did a great job with that. Thank you. And Steve, filling in Fred. Steve, who was with us Tuesday, is back today. Maybe we got some follow up, some questions, some feedback. Um, excuse me, from that episode. We've seen uh, some interesting comments. Well, that was suggestions for content, and uh, you know, it, it, if I could do all of it, I would. I, I have to admit, and I, I, I don't know if I should say this publicly, but I'm, I'm scared. I'm, just, I'm scared right now. Like, and I, I, I don't. I, partly for me, like, like holy shit, uh, you know, they just murdered John fucking McAfee. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of scared for everybody right now. Like I'm, I'm scared to. I, I mean, I, I feel pretty safe out, certainly out here in Gardenia, right? <clears throat> we got three miles of private dirt road between us and Babylon. <laughs> like that's it's a nice buffer. It's like Babylon light, really, for us. But then even though <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a lot more between us and real Babylon, right? Like we get yes, everything here in this in this sparsely populated rural part of the mountains in Arizona is uh Babylon light at worst. I mean, like you want, you want to go all the way to Prescott. We got a Walmart, right? We got, we got a Verizon TCC. Uh, uh, what, what else? Um, but we have, we're in Yavapai County. We have County Sheriff's uh, Chino Valley police department. You want to call it like, you, even if you just get to Chino, like, see, I would, I would say Ashford. Ashford's awesome because Ashford is not a city. It's a census-designated place, right? That's all. I guess it's, there's no city. It's a town. No, no, but it's not a city. It's, it's, it's I, I should say legally. Legally, it is nothing. It is nothing. You can have a city without a government. Like, it's, it's, it's a town. I mean, it's tiny. It's decrepit. I don't want to hold this up as an example as a city on a hill. But out here, like, I'm not I'm not too worried. But still, you know, you, even if you just go to Chino Valley, you've got Chino Police Department. Militarized, overfunded, unaccountable. Uh, I mean, they're not that bad because uh, they're kind of local boys. Some of them know who I am. 
Because I know because they pulled me over before. Nah. <laughs> Not you. Oh, jeez. And Yavapai County Sheriff. Like uh, the Sheriff's Department, all the all, all the sheriffs and deputies and the sheriff's deputies that, that, that patrol this area. We have one, I believe still, in Juniper Wood Ranch, who's, uh, who's a good guy. You know, he's, he's an auxiliary. Sheriff's Department auxiliary. And this is actually kind of a cool model. You know, I, I hate to praise anything that's, that's this directly government funded. Um, eye to eye. I'm in Cincinnati. It's a war zone. Uh, yeah. Sorry. You you chose wrong. <laughs> uh, they're take, they're talking about putting the National Guard on certain blocks. Yeah. We're, that, this is, so this is getting to the theme of, of, of today's show. Uh, but if, quick, quick note on this. Like Sheriff's Auxiliary, because I, I want to praise this. As like just one other advantage of rural living, uh, this guy, at least as it was explained to me years ago, I, I don't know if this is still the case or, or if it even was that accurate, but it's cool if it was, right? That that he was a trained sheriff, but not staff and had a sheriff's vehicle and equipment and was tied into the system so that like the system of, of, of justice and legal accountability, you know, lets you get intervened. And, you know, detain someone and hand them off, and blah blah blah. Like, and there is there is a legitimacy that that sucks to what government has a monopoly on in public safety, dispute resolution, justice services. That that is due process. That like vigilanteism just doesn't offer. You know, and, and it's like, sorry, you know, did you get the wrong guy? Well, you're less likely when you have the due process that is afforded by being tied into an accountable public established. And I dare say bureaucratic in a good way kind of system, right? So that, that we have a sheriff's auxiliary in this in this area. He doesn't like patrol. He responds to stuff, you know, and uh, it, it's a much better model than than like police should be part time volunteers. You know, really, like that's that's a much better model, right? Like anybody who wants to carry an arm and be you're deputized. <clears throat> maybe by your insurance company. Or, so anyway, I'll stop ranting on all the possibilities of this because this is. This is how you know I'm a real libertarian. I want to geek out and all the wonders of a free society. I don't just want to point out everything that's wrong and scare you into voting for me. Uh, Garth Mage. Hello from Glasgow, Scotland. All awesome. Oh, hi. From across the pond. Appreciate you joining us this morning. Um, <laughs> so we feel I, I, we feel safe out here, but like I, I have to travel this weekend. I'm, I'm going to to visit family in the in the Seattle area and I'm I I mean I'm I'm kind of scared like I and I, and and I mean I, I one of the stories we have today is a, a police state update there's a guy in Utah drunk and on pills and suicidal goes into his girlfriend's place of work she calls the police because she thinks you know, he's he's drunk and he's on pills and he's suicidal and he needs help. And he's begging for help and at some point gets crazy desperate. This is after being in police custody for two hours, little struggle with the cops. And he's uh, murdered, like just cop had the chance, put the gun in front of him and said, you are going to die and shot him in the head. <clears throat> wow. What the fuck? Like we like don't I, America can be so much better. It's really like I just how got the fuck? Nauseous. Like yeah. I, I, I I'm, well, I'm going to tell the story properly. We're going to come back to this. <clears throat> we got some we got some big stuff. Uh, I'm really excited to get into everything we got today. 
it's one of those days I'm glad we don't have a guest. I'm glad we got Steve in the co-host chair. We got Joey in studio. We got Jim in in uh, in the producer's chair. And and I Jim uh, reminded me of uh, a particularly relevant quote. Uh, Solzhenitsyn. Do you know you know where I'm going with this? Uh, they lie to us. We know they're lying. They know we know they're lying. But they keep lying to us. And we keep pretending to believe them. We got some big stories today about the divide. About what we might be on the verge of. About this unique moment in human history. And I hope I can impart something, maybe if only for my own benefit today, that must always be kept in mind when we look at the world as we do, as responsible human beings, as compassionate human beings who care about the fellow members of our whole human family. It is easy to be afraid sometimes, but for the same reason, reasons, for the same love that drives us to look at the world this way and ask these bigger, more important questions, we must remember to never act out of fear. And with that, Jim, give us the producer notes. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. Uh, real quick, before I put you down to do promos, I just wanted to mention, I actually saw that uh, execution video you were mentioning. God, that was graphic. Dude, that was horrible. That I was didn't watch crazy. it. I, no, I'm not, I'm not going to. I don't need to watch that. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I watched it just because, I don't <clears> know, <throat> put it in my I site. mean, I would have watched it if it was relevant, if the facts were in dispute, if there was some reason to interpret and, and, and perhaps verify a unique perspective or declare uh some inside of mine yeah the cops all screamed he got my gun one of the cops not, screamed he got my gun when he didn't yeah it's but, a, i mean i guess we can just cover this now and get the story out of the way but yeah uh because i, I mean the only thing that, that, that's really missing here is that he was in he was in custody for two hours and he was in cuffs and he was clearly losing his mind yeah like whether it was alcohol or pills he was ranting. He was incoherent, and eventually he started playing this threatening game. There's a he said, "What if I stood up and said I have a gun in my pants?" And they're like, yeah. "Ha ha ha!" They like literally laughed at him. Yeah, he kept, saying, that. He kept saying, "I have a gun in my shoe." I have, I have a gun in my shoe. And Cops so said, "I'll get the gun. Don't worry about it." Two officers go to wrestle him at some point when he gets out of control, and. Uh, I mean, he, most of the time he's just sitting there going through this mundane booking process and he's begging for help. He's asking to go to a mental health treatment. Yeah. Yeah. Which they can and, totally do. And they, they can make that happen. In the scuffle, one of the officers, he, he he's flailing, probably going for one of the officer's guns. Still the officer's fault, top to bottom. And apparently gets his hand on the gun and never takes it out of the holster. And one of these two officers says, ah, he's got my gun. Cop walks in from outside while the other two have him pinned on the ground says, I mean, I, I want to get the words because, because they, they, you're about said, to die. They said exactly what it was. Uh, and, and the crazy said, you're about to die. My friend, 
and then shot him in the head right afterwards. Yeah, uh, that that makes it a murder. Totally. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't really care what like legal classification. Uh, you know how premeditated makes it murder, but it wasn't an act done in a moment where this has to happen for safety. It was at least even in the moment, and it was only a few seconds. Right. Clearly, not an accident, not manslaughter. This was a murder. Yeah. And it happened like that. And the guy who did it, it was his third. Yeah. His wow. third. And he was allowed to stay on the force after not just one, but two similar shootings. Not as not as no. graphic on camera, but they always get to keep their jobs. No fucking excuse, man. Even if they get fired, they just have to go to a different precinct. Yeah. That cop who Bullshit. shot the guy playing video games. Remember, he opened the door and cop shot him right in his apartment. Neighbor called, said there was a disturbance, but him and his girlfriend were playing Crash Bandicoot. There, there was no disturbance. They were just being to loud me, and having fun. You remember that one? There's a guy opened the door, cop shot him. Girlfriend watched the whole thing. So I, I mean, I wonder, and and I, I hope one of the bigger questions you get to see me pondering today is is weighing this moment against the general positive trends. They just murdered John McAfee. They probably just murdered Johnny Hurley and are covering that up. They are. And, and obviously, John McAfee is a different level of clear premeditation, political motivation. Obviously, this murder of Michael Chad Breinhold, uh, the Utah man that we just described, that was not premeditated. I don't think there was. I, I mean, perhaps the officer in the hallway was waiting for the excuse. It could have been. And it's scary to think that it could have been and that they could set anybody up at any time. And I think especially every. Everybody who's who's already on the list of someone who's watching this show, who's not being paid by the feds one way or another to watch this show, you're on a fucking list, right? They could do this at any time. Like, and even if it's not that, it, it's we live in this society where the police state does this stuff accidentally on a regular basis because it's not held accountable for its accidents you know let's 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 de-escalate our own engagement here for a second our level of accusation may let's give them the benefit of the doubt and consider it's all accidents none of these cops really want to do this i think for a lot of them even in this case when it's a murder i think this cop is as much a victim by the system as the troops who fought with me in iraq thinking that we were doing the right thing you know, he really thinks that he's doing the right thing, maintaining this attitude and occasionally shooting people because he keeps getting away with it. And it's because we let this happen. But at the same time, I'm, I'm so much more positive on the bigger dynamics, on the lessening of the brutality of the police state overall, the ending of the drug war, the, the, the coming enlightenment of psychedelics. The emotional, psychological, sexual liberation that's coming as more of the internet effect sinks in, so to speak, with the technology that we already have. It, it's, it's hard. I, 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 I'd like to think, and this is maybe what we're going to be testing 
in today's show, as we look at the news and the headlines, my thesis of today's show, that we are in a unique moment of instability in the midst of a process of great growth. I've been some of we have some COVID headlines today. I know it's Thursday, but we're we had a weird week. We're catching up on news. We got some COVID headlines in the stack today. Even though, like like Germany, uh, pretty pretty well declaring the right to decline vaccination. The Merkel coming out saying that it's going to be optional. We'll get into the details on that. Um, it maybe we're coming out of COVID with such positive momentum that we can't even see because we have learned lessons that we don't get to apply yet. And those lessons might be, don't let there be another medical tyranny like this. As much as we're experiencing what still is very much uh, the meat of this thing, we're not at the tail end yet, but it feels like it. It's, it, it's getting that way. Vaccines are out, they're knocking on doors. The, the, the propaganda is, is, is wearing thin. The ability, the, the legal cases, and there are a couple today here that give me optimism too. Lockdowns being ruled unconstitutional, thus and such, and here and there, and who knows. Little fights like that, victories where we're winning against this conspiracy of conspiracies that is the dark cloud of COVID hanging over all of us. This this racket, we I, I think in a way, this experience might be inoculating us against the possibility of something worse. That's my optimism. Let's test it. Jim, give us the actual producer notes. Okay. All right. Good luck with that. <laughs> okay. You can join the show. Any any links that we're pulling up today, every links that we have every day is always available. T.me forward slash Adam versus man. That's a telegram channel. Telegram is a messenger app. That's a public telegram channel. Everyone is welcome. You don't need an invite. You don't need a, a link. You know, Well, you just... Click on that and you're good to go. Patreon.com. Oh, wait, why am I doing the end of show promos? I'm supposed to be showing you these pages because they're so awesome. We got a Patreon page. One, five, ten, fifty dollars a month. There are different packages. Ten dollars a month is a sweet spot that'll get you access to a private producers club where we share links with each other to decide what we're going to discuss on the show, or rather what Adam is going to discuss on the show. So if you want to be a part of that, part of the creation of the show, and also get access to the backstage of the show every day to hang out, Private Producers Club's where it's at, 10 bucks a month on patreon.com forward slash Adam versus the man. Next, we go to homefrontbattlebuddies.com, the best veterans nonprofit organization whose mission is to create a community of veterans helping each other pursue alternative healing therapies and transition to civilian life through online organizing and in-person retreats. Homefront Battle Buddies does these retreats and every donation that you send them to help them with that is tax deductible. So that's an awesome feature of that. Definitely take advantage there. If you're some rich guy, put a million dollars in there and write it off on them government theft paperwork. It's always fun to do that. Instagram, we got at the Garden of Freedom, different pictures and videos, a couple of cool, but Jesus, that Thelma Louise, they're getting so big. Oh my God, that's crazy. If you want to keep up on the growth of these two beautiful dogs and all the other fur babies in Gardenia, you should hook up to the Instagram page at the Garden of Freedom. That's where you'll find everything, pictures and videos. It's an awesome page to be a part of, so definitely follow that. Next, we go to the Crypto6.com. Uh, the Bitcoin church that was raided up in Keene, New Hampshire. This is the page where you can donate different cryptocurrencies to help them in their legal funds, 
or you can use this top link right here to write to Mr. Nobody who's still sitting in a cage because of those bastards. So give them a write. Let them know you're thinking about them. Let them know you support them. You hope he gets out soon. You hope he beats this bullshit charge the government's putting on him. Next, cogreenenergyonline.com, the best website we're sending people to to learn more about solar power, micro wind power. If you want to get a, a micro wind power machine like Adam has up there in Gardenia and install it yourself, do it yourself, gogreenenergyonline.com give you all the information needed to do so. So definitely give that a visit and uh, tell them Adam and Jim sent you. Have a good day, everybody. Right. Enjoy the show. Thank you so much, Jim. Let's get co-host Steve Remus up on here again. Welcome back, Steve. How are you doing? Um, I was doing great until I realized it was going to be a heavy episode today. Hell <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we're answering big questions. No, but I was like, good grief, man. I mean, I'll start with that, but I think I think the show is going to be a very wow. deeply reaffirming positive show. Uh, I mean, I... Or we're going to be running for the hills by the end of it, you know? Either way. Uh, either we're way. We're in the mountains here, so yeah. we're good. I mean, I've, I've got, I mean, I'm only like an hour away from the mountains, so I guess we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, no, it's a good day, man. It's a good day. There's some good articles in there. I'm really excited for the secession poll. So, yeah. The, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want you to stick around for this first first couple, the first block here before we get to our COVID story, Steve. Uh, and, and keep if you can do comments at the same time. Steve is on yeah. your comments today. I, I mean, do you, do you have a contest? I, I want to add my own contest to say, like, help me answer the, this bigger question, you know, like most insightful comment. So mine is uh, relating to uh, the last article in that stack is would you support your state seceding? Why or why not? And I feel yeah. like we'll probably get a majority of people that will support it, but I, I want the, I want the reason for you to like the, the quest for a free and independent state <clears throat> of which you reside, right? Like, you know, uh, uh, everyone, everyone wants to be like Texas, right? Everyone's like, Oh, Texas can leave the union whenever they want. Can they? Like, what's your reason? What's your, what's your reason? You're not going to do it. I'm calling Texas a bluff right now. You won't do it. <laughs> well, you know, as a member of uh, the Calix of Congress, I should say we do have uh, a member who's uh, one of the, uh, I forget what group, I apologize, the Texas Independence Group. Yeah. But yeah, there, there are active independence movements in a lot of states now. Um, uh, anything else you want to say about comments though before we jump into this? Um, let's see, and then let's see, we'll do mm -hmm. let's see, end of the world or new beginning. Let's uh, let's also get uh, and your an insightful, insightful comments on. Do you believe that we are going towards the end times or are we in the space of new growth, if you will? Is that that will be I mean, you're going to have a pretty split opinion on that one. So. Yeah, but I, yeah, we, we do. We do have this. I, I you know, I wonder. I've been I've been thinking a lot about, you know, we got we got some follow up on Tuesday's episode in FBI. Mm -hmm. Cointel Pro. Um, what if 
what if all the legitimate libertarians and activists in the movement are like 90% positive, you know, and optimistic all the time, and all they've done is inject enough plants to, to inject pessimism? And then we go, well, I don't know. Otherwise, we'd all be just like fucking dancing hardcore forward with freedom all the time, hard charging and working together and unified and so, making shit happen as opposed to, oh, I don't know. So we it's, can't, we can't well, get rid of it until we build our bunkers and have our well, seats. You know, with everything that happened with like the LPNH and LP National and stuff, right? And then you read like, oh, well, this libertarian is blue pilled and this one is red pilled and this one is this and this one is this like at some point we probably should not care if someone is whatever pilled or whatever crazy terms they're coining now but it is the libertarians we're down here right we're, we're down here in the in the scheme of the political world it is us versus this and that's always what it's been and so like you have to wonder why why is there so much dissension and separation down here we're all, we're all, we we all want to be free down here right that's the ultimate goal supposedly for everybody down here <laughs> but what if what if like you know we hypothesize that perhaps the 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 influential folks that are in the politics of libertarianism may, maybe aren't so right like it's a uh, you know, all, all the people that rise to, all the people that rise, right? All the people that are like, oh, you know, this person is base, this person is great, this person is this. What if there's a reason they rise? <laughs> and what if that reason isn't just their ideas or, or the way they speak, you know? Um, it's, it's an interesting concept. Controlled opposition, perhaps. Yeah. Maybe, <clears throat> maybe even... For someone like myself, they've got me spending time convincing myself and everyone around me that this is legitimate and righteous and justified and has a chance of succeeding. And that's only because of the pessimistic voices injected into the conversation when in reality, we should just be talking about what we're going to do about it. But this is where we are. And actually, where we are right now is very encouraging. So the first article of the stack, Mediaite.com, shock poll. Two in three Southern Republicans want to secede from the United States. Thank you, Drudge Report, for reminding me of the viability, the existing popularity of decentralization of localization as I described as 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 for the co-fresh doctrine of localization of taking government apart from the top down as the proposal of my presidential campaign of taking the federal government through a peaceful orderly responsible bankruptcy process and this is just people being polled who by and large have not had the benefit of hearing me speak to this subject and explaining just how easy it is, how reasonable it is to take us through such an administrative process that leaves us with 50 independent states and up to 562 sovereign native nations, rather than keep this goddamn Leviathan centralized bureaucratic evil going. And 
if if, if there was I, I think this is why I'm shadow banned is they know that the people are ready for this. And if they just heard that there was a viable, practical option for decentralization politically, that you could vote and you could make this happen in a peaceful, orderly, responsible way, that the, if you had, if you allowed there to be a referendum in the United States based on this poll, we would be we would be getting rid of the federal government tomorrow. <laughs> If you really, if you really got a proposal in front of the American people, as, as as I was offering with the presidential campaign, of look, we can take back as much as possible what has been stolen from us as individuals and give it back not to our state governments but directly to the American people and the victims of the United States federal government. It's not just you're going to secede and you're going to be a state. That's no, it is it is a a true decentralization of that power it is it is uh, the the biggest singular measure of of economic restorative justice that humanity could possibly take right now except for perhaps the chinese equivalent which might 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 add up to more you know material wealth but that we could show the way forward for humanity once again and i think there is still something in the american spirit legitimate organic grit of wanting to be pioneers and to be free and, and to advance humanity. And just in the way that we did with the American revolution, we have the opportunity to do it now. And some people want us to be afraid. Well, what about China? Same fear mongering at some point was used against the American revolutionaries. Oh, well, if, if you don't have the protection of King George, the third, the Germans might come and take over. The Russians might come and take over the new continent. Maybe the Chinese. Submit to this tyrant because they will save you from the other tyrants. I don't think that excuse holds any water when held up to the light of history, to no. the scrutiny of truth. Absolutely not. So where are we right now? A shocking YouGov poll. <laughs> and I'm like, shocking? No, I told you so. A shocking YouGov poll found that 66% of Republicans in southern states want to secede from the United States. The survey by YouGov in conjunction with Brightline Watch looked at the current political climate in America. The most stunning question Concerned support or opposition for the state in which respondents, the respondents lived in seceding from the United States to join a new union with list of states in new union. And this is really interesting how they broke it down for this one, because I think if they just did it simply by states at this point, it would be higher. And I, I'm that's off the top of my head. We've seen similar polls in, in, in about the same range. Right. What's being presented in this poll is five prospective new unions constructed by region. Um, and so California, uh, so that you can see on the map there, Jim, if you want to pull this up, they've got the Pacific region, California, Washington, Oregon, Hawaii, Alaska, Mountain, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, Utah. I'll stop. There's a South region. There's a heartland. There's a Northeast. You can see it on the map there. I don't hate it. And they, yeah, I mean, I, well, why do, I, why do we get stuck with New Mexico? Like, that's not fair. <laughs> I 
localization better, but I don't I don't hate this model either. No, no, it's it's a very fair model. You know, I, I joke about New Mexico. It's a beautiful place. Uh just some where is and I, you no <clears throat> really <laughs> really I like New Fuck Mexico. You. Hold on. You shouldn't be going, hey, Arizona gets stuck with New Mexico. You shouldn't <laughs> be going, hey, how is my town and my community still a part of Era fucking zoning? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like really, like really? No, well, no, listen, no. Listen, listen. I'm stuck in Tucson, man. So uh, to, yeah, see, that's the problem here. I, I'm stuck in a literal lefty shithole right now. So, <laughs> so you'd rather be attached to Arizona, the rest of Arizona as a check on Tucson. Okay, yeah. no, that's obviously <laughs> that's political. You're using me as like writing political <laughs> interference for you. Fuck that. So that you can live in a city that we're full of liberals. No, no, just go a couple miles. And be outside of the city. And by, I love this, by the way. It's a great trick question. I, I I got some on this last weekend in Mississippi. Hey, man, what city do you live in? And the answer is something Mississippi was like, ha-ha, trick question. Real libertarians don't live in cities. <laughs> not today, not in America. Uh, yeah, so we got a comment here that says it sounds like colonialism 2.0. What do you mean? That this this this, this model. No, yeah. no, no, no. So here's here's what it is. And it's not, it's not. Uh, that it's colonialism, colonialism 2.0, um, moving humanity forward with this regional thing. I don't, I don't trust this plan. I think it's, it's, it's what's the reason this is a cool question to ask is because you get the South and you get the West Coast, and those, if you look at the map, um, except for. Independents in the South at 50%, Republicans in the South at 66%. The next highest number on the map is Democrats in the Pacific region. And I'm I'm proud to take a tiny bit of credit for that as a member of the Calix at Congress, pushing for California independence <clears throat> with uh, Marcus Ruiz Evans, great organization there. Uh, look it up, Calix or uh, Yes California. And I think that when it comes to, there's an element of central planning in this, right? If we dissolve the federal government, states and, 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 and uh, you know, are, are all independent and native tribes are allowed to be independent. You could say hypothetically, oh, it's okay if states come back together and form new unions or get together, or there's a proposal and they maintain this power. But you know what? I, 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 I am tempted to say, I got, I'd have to game this out, think it through, but that we should resist any attempt at recentralization because that's what this represents in a way. <clears throat> and it represents uh, a, a great impediment to uh, the actual dissolution of the federal government as a layer of government. This sort of chops it up and creates five new federal governments. That's what I see happening here. But the, uh, the the fact that this idea is so popular, when proposed like this as a simple survey question, does that not give you hope? I mean, I mean, it does for me. I, I think a lot of people, though. So, like when I when I think of 
like Arizona as a free and independent state, right? The first things I think of are energy independence, like how do we have our independent infrastructure? How do we get our independent infrastructure? These polls don't capture a lot of those things, right? Do you believe your state has an independent infrastructure? Can your state support an independent economy? <clears throat> those are things that have to exist in reality. Right? No, those are mythologies of, of political propaganda understood economics that are not, I'm not denying they're part of the American psyche, but when you say, can, do we have independent infrastructure? That's like doing, are we better off with decent? The question shouldn't be, can we support it or not? Because if you have the demand, the materials, the value there, then it's the question is, should we have decentralized or centralized? And then you go, well, shit, look at look at alternative energy. Look at what we can do with solar power. Can you use elect like, oh, well, does does your community have sufficient you know, connection to the grid for electricity? Are you are you really capable of generating electricity on? Oh, well, OK, well, we're, let's end war and get rid of all the bullshit of the federal government. And uh, all right, we'll buy solar panels. OK. Oh, we got to buy solar panels to make this work. OK. The, the Romans had aqueduct canals how many years ago? Right. We can, we, humans can manipulate water and electricity and make food for ourselves. We are, and, and we are in such a technologically advanced era compared to any other point in human history. Uh, all of the, that, it, 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 it's all bullshit fear mongering. I, I, I hope it's as simple as that to dismiss it and say, yeah, there may be some upheaval, but there's nothing we're not capable of handling in any transition like this. And anybody saying, well, you have to be afraid of your community not being able to support itself is engaging in some kind of uh, weird, uh, ahistorical, primitivistic fear mongering. So my, my count, my, I guess some of my counterpoint is, so we are as humans able to do this stuff if, if people, it's hard work, right? It's, it's hard work. So no, no, that's another myth. Steve, <laughs> I, I consider, consider for a second from someone who has been through this process a little bit more than you perhaps, or at least that I have identified this. I more, believe yeah. that what you just expressed is a kind of statist programming that happens to be incorrect in this case. So is then are people more, not lazy? Is society no, not lazy nowadays? No, no, let's appeal. I say we appeal. It's not, it's not hardworking versus lazy. It's the virtuous human drive for efficiency. Let us appeal to human laziness when necessary, when it's appropriate, when we can say, what's easier? Saving for three months, buying solar, and never having to pay an electric bill again ever in your fucking life or slaving away for the man for the rest of your working days so that you can get cable TV and charge your cell phone at home. Really? Which is easier? Which is easier? Putting up with the federal government, putting up with the police state, getting groped every time you fly? Having to deal with having to deal with all the nonsense of government bureaucracy and red tape and vehicle registration and driver's licenses and property taxes and 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 income taxes and all the every all or get solar panels. So it's it's get solar panels, but so when you when you see like the the people that are so reliant on the federal government, right? It's hard to envision 
that those people like we'll take Arizona as an example, right? Arizona, hypothetically, we just start doing our own thing, right? Screw the federal government. There's 50 50th percent of people that th- still believe the federal government is, you know, they're 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 nest, right? They're that's that's the thing that's gonna take care of them. That's, that's I like, think uh, we have, I think the reason the numbers in these kinds of polls are so high is that most Americans, or at least a significant number and damn near a critical mass, have come to realize that the federal government is simply a less efficient, more corrupt version of their state government. And there really is nothing but make war that the federal government can do better than their state government. I think right. there's, a, there's, a, there's a bureaucratic realization, even among the state is brainwashed the brainwashed masses, if you will, right, who, who, who believe something like what you just said. But even there, I'll, uh, enough of them are going, my state government does so much. Everything that, that, that it's, it's people, even the federal government, it's people. And it's people, the people that do things that help me are people here. The people who aren't here helping me, all they do is send money and paperwork and, and, and emails and orders around. Uh, the, the people that do things that help me, the, the, the people that care for me, the people that serve me food, the people that fix my car, the people that that, that take care of me at the, at the doctor's office, they're here. They're in my community. And, and, and that realization that the state bureaucracy is already more than enough. I think that I think that that is is somewhere in the subconscious a lot stronger in the in the American psyche than you give it credit for. I'm not saying it's the overwhelming realization or, or majority, but I think it's a big part of what's behind these numbers. I do, and I, and I think it's I think it's grown quite a bit with the last like two years. Well, maybe the last, you know, may, maybe the last five or six years. You know, is um, ultimately a lot of people I think are starting to consider. Like, hey, maybe, maybe we can do this better without, you know, constant bailouts of failed industries and constant raises in taxes to pay for budgets that go to things that we don't control. You know, at least on some smaller level, <laughs> there's there's more of a voice in where your money, where where the money goes, or how you can stop paying that money, right? So, um, now is it enough to actually? Put us put us over the edge where where people will actually. Uh, I don't think it's there yet, but you never know. With with the way things are going, it might only take another six months to a year. <laughs> uh, I, I I get the feeling more and more that we are waiting for a moment. I mean, I I know this is the decades old fantasy of a libertarian moment, perhaps. And, and 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 we might we might be in the middle of it right now and not realize it. The moment that I'm thinking of could be a, a ten year moment of a phase shift of, of of humanity, and it's there's no decisive point. But I I am starting to think that there could be. It's going to be a slow shift. It but the, has but to. They're, but they're, unless they're, it's a war, unless we don't do anything about it and hit that brick wall and there's this big blow up, like that'll be a turning point. But we can no. be big kids about it, go back to the drawing board, so to speak. I think it'll be a slow progression. That'd be that'd be cooler. That'd be a lot I mean, cooler. I think, 
I think like V for uh, Vendetta. Yeah, we don't want that, man. <laughs> we could still blow up Parliament. Okay. It's a symbol, right? It's a symbol. No, there's that, but the, the, Satirically. But what? <laughs> yeah, right. <clears throat> um, no, I mean, what, what I mean by a moment that might be a lot faster would be like an election or two. Or it might be a cultural shift. Or it might be a moment of realization that leads us through several election, election cycles worth of, of, of policy change and, and, and transition and institution. But there may be a, a sudden shift of, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Uh, you know, a, a catalyst. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, I'm trying to think of a good, a good analogy in nature where, you know, a, a flock of birds in the sky just uh, all of a sudden decides, you know, the, the, the birds that travel in these massive clouds or the fish that swim in giant schools and somehow manage to be coordinated. Right. I mean, maybe the birds are a better example than the fish, yeah. but oh, yeah. the birds, <laughs> but the birds, when they just go, when they're in, the, yeah. we're all going this way now. Yeah. Maybe that's it. So what? What's what's the catalyst? Is the catalyst the the economy tanking again? Like, is that? I'm gonna go light myself on fire in front of the White House and see what happens. Don't, right don't do that, Adam. Jesus. Don't do that. <laughs> So that's why you can't do it. Somebody already did it. So you got to be original. You can't fly a plane onto the White House lawn. You can't, you got to come up with something better. So. Yep. Yep. This happened. <laughs> it happened in 2019 in May. And he is walking across the White House lawn, completely engulfed in flames. It has to be drugs involved. All right, we have a couple more big news <laughs> stories I want to bring to help answer these bigger questions. The Mediaite story ends with this. A similar poll was conducted just weeks after the January 6th attack on the Capitol, and results were similar. But six months later, any notion that political frustrations have cooled seems to be misguided. And it's, it's interesting terms. I don't want to be too just knee-jerk contrarian, but is it political frustrations or realizations? Is it is it simply a calm enlightenment that we go, maybe we can't trust these centralized institutions anymore? Axios.com with our next headline, Massive Trust Gap Splits America. Partisan confidence in select U.S. institutions. And they've got this, this great little graph here, but the uh, the bullet points tell the story. New Gallup uh, polling finds a 45-point split in trust of police. 76% of Republicans versus 31% of Democrats. I'm like, wait, there's still Americans who trust the police? Uh, yeah, well, a big part of this is what's your experience with them? And I would say a lot of it's explained by the urban-rural divide in the sense that rural police are more trustworthy because they're more accountable to their communities than urban police. That's what, that's what, Jim, and I, hmm? that's what Jim and I were discussing before the show started was, you know, the, the, the dynamic of a sheriff versus 
like back here, it's Pima County Sheriff versus Tucson Police Department. I'll tell you all day long that my experience with the Pima County Sheriff Department uh, is very much more pleasant than Tucson Police Department. Um, you know, it's, they're they're just not as enforce and I guess enforce minded on a lot yeah. of things. Yeah, but you still, whether well, they're also accountable through the electoral mechanism of at least your county sheriff being an elected position. And if, if, if shit goes bad under the guy at the top, they can be electorally replaced. But what actually surprised me about this, I believe that that number for Republicans is actually, uh, well, they're both historically low, but that that represents a significant shift that Republicans have learned, even in a lot of rural communities, you still can't trust the police. Yeah. Even less, I would say, in the rural communities, they're more likely to get away from, with it. That's probably I, true. Absolutely. And, and from personal experience with family members of family members who live in Podunk, Louisiana, where there's three, you know, police officers and like two judges in the entire town, they get away with whatever the hell they want. Like, and they get away That's with what's different going on things. In my custody battle, there's yeah. two judges in the entire town. I can't even appeal to somebody else. I'm stuck. They get to do what the fuck they want to me. There you go. To the next trust gap twice as many Democrats trust public schools as Republicans. <laughs> 43% to 20%. Holy shit, that's low. Hold on a second. <laughs> Listen to this. How many were, like, do you, do you take your kids and send them off to hang out with police all day? No. No, you don't. You send them to public schools. Republicans trust cops 76%. They only trust public schools 43%. I'm sorry, 20%. It's the same thing. Guys. <laughs> it's the same thing. Like it's yeah. the same thing. Yeah, crazy. But now Democrats also trust public schools forty three percent. I'm actually shocked that that either of those numbers is that low. Giving yeah, and right now and again, big silver lining coming out of COVID. Right, yeah. the whole experience that parents have gone through. And I, I can't say that I have any personal experience with this, but I have had to stop and, and really take a moment to, to empathize, put myself, my, myself in the shoes, so to speak, of, of, of American parents, as I've, I've read a lot of stories over the last year and a half. Ago. <sighs> Holy shit. That, I mean, dealing with the shutdowns, the uncertainty, remote learning, technology, having police called on you because your kid doesn't show up to remote learning. Ah, oh, oh, being yeah. un being broke and stuck at home with a kid. Yeah. How many, like, I know that's, that's, that's dramatizing a little bit, but for a lot of American families, that is not off base. No, that's, that's fairly accurate. I mean, you know, my, you know, my, my oldest son is here visiting from Virginia and we were talking and he's like, yeah, you know, he's like at about two months in, he's like, I didn't have any friends anymore. And I was like, like, how do I, as a parent, <laughs> right. I didn't lose all my friends for like 
in high school, right? You, you, you socialize, you have all this stuff. And he's like, yeah. He's like, all my friendships died two months into lockdown. And I was like, oh, all right. Can't be a kid anymore. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> like, that's, you know, that's not in the parenting handbook, everybody. Okay. There's, that's not in the only children. Yeah. And their brothers and sisters to hang out with. That's their home, bored by themselves, facing the tablet, gaining weight, losing confidence. In, in, in a time in their life when it's critical for them to learn how to socialize with other people, their own age and adults, right? Because you're going like eight to 12 years old. This might be the only time you hear me praise Hillary Clinton for anything other than her hair and pantsuits. Great, great. She wrote a book called It Takes a Village. <laughs> and while I disagree with all of her conclusions about statism as a result of that observation, it is an important one to point out as we reach an increasingly atomized society and, and to point out that, you know, while I want to have children off grid and homeschool, it's not because I want them isolated. It's because I want them with more healthy relationships and connections. And, and I want a, a big community for them to be involved in locally and, and, and in the region that they're able to explore as we're able to drive and do day trips and in the world and, and, and virtually online. I want them to be part of a vibrant community because in that sense, it does take a village to raise a child. And the more, uh, the more input, the more energy, the more love, the more effort, the, the, the better a childhood. And that has been stolen from, uh, I say American families in particular, but in many countries all over the world, there I say for most in, in first world countries, even, even among those who are doing well economically, like when I see record house prices for uh, home selling in you know the million plus range as opposed to you know the under two hundred thousand range, I go, that's not organic money chasing those houses. But even those people who are doing well, who are getting good government incomes that allow them to borrow massive amounts of money from the banks because they're tied into the system right now, they're still suffering from a lot of this isolation as well. And it, 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 it is a very strange thing that, that, that is not, it, it was extreme. And at this point, it's weird to see we're coming out of it. But, you know, I, I think about the sort of white knighting I try to do for the you know parents of autistic children by going out and, and refusing uh, to, to wear a mask uh, because I have a medical exemption because it's easy for me when for them it's very difficult and a lot of them end up being shut-ins of one kind or another because they're even today when things are sort of opening up well if you have a kid with autism and they're over two years of age they have to wear a mask on an airplane hmm, maybe it's easier to stay home uh, it, it, it's kind of scary. Anyway, back to the trust gap in the polling. Uh, trust of police, they have a white adults versus black adults breakdown. 56% of white adults trusted police versus 27% of black adults. What's interesting about that is that's up from 19% for black mm. adults in 2020, right after George Floyd. It went down to 19 And it's, it's, it, I, I, it's funny, I'm, I'm pointing this out as black people being of fluctuating opinions is, is almost racist of me, but seeing that breakdown, 
I don't think this is a black thing. I think this is a lot of people have this sadly uh, you know, fluctuating uh, nature in their worldview because they are so misled by government, by statism, so miseducated. So if you're if you are taught what to think, not how to think, then your opinions about these things will fluctuate with the uh, with current events, and that's kind of sad. But there's still a bigger trend, and it's that trust in institutions. The, the the first sentence in the story: Americans' trust in all big institutions has cratered. That's positive. And then it says, and then it says, but look at the massive gap in who we do trust. It should be, and look at the massive gap in who we do trust, because it means that there are even deeper pockets of mistrust. Crazy. But the other, so uh, is it? I should point is it out. Crazy though, like. I mean, I no, 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 it's sane. Thank you. No, it's sane. <laughs> I'm, I want to thank you for correcting my sloppy verbiage there, Joe. You're pointing it out. He said that it's crazy. I mean, it's it's crazy that we've let it go so long. It's crazy that it took us this long to realize. It's crazy that, to me, to the numbers aren't time. bigger. Like, you don't see it. And, yeah. and I get people are in their bubbles. You get a two hour commute, to an eight hour job, and two hours back, and you don't even get to pay exactly. attention, right? Exactly. So, be, remember, like with COVID, Joey, back on the tour. We fell for it briefly ourselves. I was concerned, but I was concerned and like I'm concerned about my health in general for anything. Because because people like us have our heads in the news and get the intellectual indulgence of talking about this and figuring this out every day. For us, it's a lot faster. For most people struggling to survive, it's a much longer process of figuring it out. Be patient, be persistent. The status are coming, they are waking up too. So at the other end of the spectrum for distrust, they said the perfect police, I'll point this out, I'll give credit where credit is due. Uh, the police, 51% are, just, are one of just three institutions in which the majority of Americans express confidence. The others, small business, that's an institution. Small businesses, small businesses is more like a category of institutions, right? Of, you know, but still, I like that they, they include it as an institution, this poll, because 70%, the highest, the higher than the military, 69%, right behind it, which have consistently led the list. But that's it. Small business for the first time I, that I've seen, because I've seen these polls with military law enforcement up there. Small business is at the top of the list, 70%. At the other end of the spectrum, Gallup reports, are Congress, TV news, big business, the criminal justice system, and newspapers, each with a confidence rating at or below 21%. Congress and big business have ranked at the bottom of the list since 2007. Which means that joining them at the bottom of the list now, at that level of mistrust, TV news, the criminal justice system, and newspapers, joining Congress and big business below that 20% threshold of trust. 
That sounds like a revolution about to happen to me. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. By the way, Cuba, like it's happening all over. It's been it's been boiling globally for what the last five years. Is that a good number to put on it? Yeah, but a lot of what statistically, also though, that congressional number has has been low for a very long time. Right. And nothing has happened. <laughs> yes, but the others joining it. Yeah. Because because before this, we trusted TV news a lot more. Before this, we trusted newspapers a lot more. Before this, we trusted <clears throat> the criminal justice system to give us some semblance of justice a lot more. A lot of what we've seen in telling the bigger picture story of COVID, uh, Joey, as you point out, must include all of the surge in activism in the years prior that COVID was a convenient excuse to stamp out. Hong Kong, the Uyghurs, Tibet, China. China. <laughs> Where else? <clears throat> In the United States, perhaps, a general growing discontent squashed and redirected to BLM, to raging against the police state, to rally behind the Democrats instead of challenge the system itself, driven to the hyper-partisanship of the Trump era, as opposed to the solutionary mentality of looking for a third way out the associated press has this next headline that you set us up for perfectly joey authoritarianism advances as world battles the pandemic mm. <laughs> you could rephrase that so many ways with a better understanding authoritarianism allowed to advance as governments use pandemic to suppress yeah. political activity pandemic being used to suppress <laughs> pandemic it, it, yeah this 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 headline does a very weird job of, of putting next to each other the pandemic and the authoritarianism and yet separating them somehow. I, it, they, they have this perfect platform to uh, explain <laughs> how, <clears throat> how it, it, they're making it sound like, well, there's just, you know, this is something that happens, you know, like, you but, know, when it rains, it gets wet. When there's a pandemic, you know, there, there's more thoughts here. It, it's normal, right? Yeah. No. And, and it's, it's very true, Joey, that historically those things trend together. I remember in the early days of this pandemic, studying the medieval plague and the impact that that had on the concentration of wealth and power in Europe. Mm -hmm. And so now, but, but it's undeniable. I think in the age of the internet, when the Associated Press, the the wire, the AP wire, the, the sort of the, the, one of the great papers of record, so to speak. Here's some of what happened while the world was distracted by the coronavirus. Hungary banned the public depiction of homosexuality. What? China shut Hong Kong's last pro-democracy newspaper. Brazil's government extolled dictatorship. And Belarus hijacked a passenger plane to arrest a journalist. COVID-19 has absorbed the world. And, and that's, that's just what they can. I mean, 
Julian Assange, Ed Snowden, the murder of John fucking McAfee. Lots of shit went down. The murder of the president of Haiti. There's been a few presidents murdered recently around the world, hasn't there? COVID-19 has absorbed the world's energies and isolated countries from one another, which may have accelerated the creep of authoritarianism and extremism across the globe, some researchers and activists believe. And I hope just pointing this out reaffirms a point I've been making for years, that global connectivity and accountability is, a, is an essential check on runaway authoritarianism. And even just the isolationism that we experience with COVID is a huge damper on that mechanism of accountability. Theory Sang, a Cambodian American human rights lawyer who has been indicted on charges including treason in the ostensibly democratic Southeast Asian nation, where Prime Minister Hun Sen has been in power for more than three decades, said, COVID is a dictator's dream opportunity. Human Rights Watch accuses Cambodia's government of using the, cover the pandemic as cover to imprison political opponents without due process. Scores have been indicted and face, face mass trials. When it comes to government opposition, the fear of COVID on its own and as a political weapon has substantially restricted mobility for a gathering or movement to take shape, Sang said. The biggest global public health emergency in a century has handed power to government authorities and restricted life for billions of people. Luke Cooper, a London School of Economics researcher and author of the book Authoritarian contagions of the vast economic, health, and social resources poured into fighting the pandemic mean, quote, the state is back as a force to manage society and to deliver public goods. Restrictions on civil liberties or political opponents have been stepped up during the pandemic on several continents. <laughs> oh, yes. That's an interesting way of putting it. Fucking everywhere, everywhere. on several I, continents I really where there are governments and there are people. <laughs> I noticed early in the pandemic, I, I, I forget who or how many people I said it to, because there were the, the rioting and the uprising and the, it was happening before the pandemic. I said, I mean, they're doing this just to get everybody inside. Like everybody's out and, and finally speaking up. What better way to terrify and shut them down? Do you remember France was on fire? Egypt yeah. was on fire. And, and then when I say on fire, I mean, the people were fed up completely they taken to the streets they were doing something and then all of a sudden this big well no you got to go inside or you're gonna die or we're gonna shoot you or we're gonna shoot you for a decade in hungary conservative nationalist prime minister Viktor orban has curtailed the media and judicial freedom criticized multiculturalism and attacked muslim migrants as a threat to europe's christian identity during the pandemic orban's government brought in in brought in an emergency powers bill allowing it to implement resolutions without parliamentary approval, effectively a license to rule by decree. <laughs> Martial law, in That's other words. And in many ways, we describe what we are experiencing in the United States as a form of martial law. When mask mandates, shutdown rules, curfews are very much at the discretion of officers on the ground. In June, it passed a law prohibiting the sharing of content portraying homosexuality or sex reassignment with anyone under 18. <clears throat> the government claims the purpose is to protect children from pedophiles, but it is a, but it effectively outlawed 
discussion of sexual orientation and gender identity in schools and the media and say what you will about how that is being done wrong in the United States, the freedom to do it how you want is critical to a civilized society. Poland's conservative government has chipped away at the rights of women and gay people, a ruling last year by government control, a government-controlled court that imposed a near-total ban on abortion, triggered a wave of protests that defied a ban on mass gatherings during the virus outbreak in India, the world's biggest democracy. Populist Prime Minister Narendra Modi has been accused of trying to silence voices critical of his administration's response to a brutal pandemic wave that tore through the country in April and May. His government has arrested journalists and ordered Twitter to remove posts that criticized its handling of the outbreak after introducing sweeping regulations that give it more power to police online content. Even before the pandemic, Modi's ruling Hindu nationalist Bharatiya Janata Party was accused by opponents of squashing dissent and introducing policies aimed at refashioning a multi-faith democracy into a Hindu nation that discriminates against Muslims and other minorities. In Russia, the government of Vladimir Putin has used the pandemic as its latest excuse to arrest opposition figures. I dare you, Associated Press, to use the same verbiage about the United States, that they are using the pandemic as the latest excuse to push vaccines and corporatism and the police state and, and, and bipartisanship at the expense of, of open dialogue and censorship and control of the conversation and especially manipulation of social media. It is the latest excuse to arrest opposition figures in Russia. What is it the latest excuse for in the United States? Associates of jailed opposition figure Alexei Navalny have been subjected to house arrest and charges of the mass protests against his arrest violated regulations on mass gatherings. In Belarus, in uh, in Athens, uh, the, the plane flying from Athens to Vilnius, Western nations called the forced diversion a brazen hijacking, slapped sanctions on Belarus. Oh, sanctions, more division, more separation. Hungary's acts have drawn sharp words from fellow European Union leaders, but the 27-nation bloc has no unified response to restrictive regimes like those in Hungary or Poland. Even before COVID-19 came along, extremism was on the march. Oh, this is, yes, finally, they are calling this extremism. And, and sadly, I don't think this article takes the same scrutiny to the United States. It goes on, it goes on about Brazil, Bolsonaro, Britain, Johnson, and Chinese. Beijing has also tightened control in Hong Kong, stifling dissent in the former British colony. Protesters, publishers, and journalists critical of Beijing have been jailed. And the last remaining pro-democracy newspaper, Apple Daily, stopped publishing in June after the arrest of its top editors and executives. It talks about the Uyghurs, Muslim Uyghurs. The British government has warned of extremists exploiting the crisis to sow division and undermine the social fabric of our country. Interesting. Finally, to the United States, 
In the United States, President Joe Biden has veered away from the populism of Donald Trump, but a Republican Party radicalized by the former president's supporters has every chance of winning power again. That's it. That's the only mention of the United States in this. In this, I, I mean, I, I might be missing some. That's it. No, I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah, like they, the 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 problem with this is the problem with the mass media, right? So we talk about authoritarianism, and then they get to the part where the U.S. is like the leader in authoritarianism, and they just. Nope. And that's why you have so many people that are disaffected that when you tell them, hey, I don't vote for authoritarians and they go, I don't like Republicans either. And I'm like, hold on a second, my friend. <laughs> yeah. 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 I want to say to Associated Press writers, Jim Heinz in Moscow, Justin Spike in Budapest, David Biller in Rio de Janeiro, Christopher Boding in Beijing, Sheikh Salik in New Delhi and Grant Peck in Bangkok who contributed to this article by Jill Lawless, who is writing from London. You had the ball. Here was Here's the ball. You had the ball. The ball. You, you had the ball firmly in your grasp. You ran all over the world with it, all over the world, showing off that ball. And you really you really carried that ball. So and then you got to the United States. And, and this was you with the ball. You, you just, whoop, ah. You gotta handle you gotta handle Joe Biden eating ice cream with little kid hands, man. You can't, you can't I, be <laughs> I, I, I wonder though, is this is this is was, I, I, and I call out the authors by name and I, I hope someone someone in our in our audience look up these authors. The 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 uh link is is in of course t.me slash Adam versus the man with our producer notes uh on, on the telegram channel. Look at these authors and email them. Did you did you did you forget about the United States or did, did I, I, Jill Lawless? I hope to tell them to come watch this segment. Ask them ask them to respond to this. Like did did your editor censor out the part where you talked about authoritarianism in the United States? Did you, did you miss that part? Of course they did. They don't want to make America look bad because then they'll lose all their funding, right? Are you afraid? Is is, is 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 the authoritarianism in the United States so bad that the Associated Press knows something we don't know? Like they're sending out hit squads for journalists that talk bad about Biden being an authoritarian. That's but, true. I mean, there's, to Jill Lawless, really, there is something so deceitful, not only in your headline... But even here, and this is why trust in the media is so low right now. You're a fucking poison pill. Because your message is to the American people, but everything's okay here. You can go back to sleep. Biden is president. This is not an authoritarian country. Trust Biden to share American values throughout the rest of the world. We're, we're battling authoritarianism. Here's a fun this, article. This, this is almost justification set up for some next war that the American military is going to conduct unjustified overseas. I want to read this again. In the United... because this, this is the whole thing. In the United States, President Joe Biden has veered away from the populism of Donald Trump. But, as if this is a contradictory point, a Republican Party radicalized by the former president's supporters has every chance of winning power again. And that's it. 
And, and then Cooper of the LSC said the authoritarian tide was unlikely to recede soon. Uh, Donald Trump's populism was not authoritarian. If anything, the flavor of his populism was anti-authoritarian. I don't think, I think he was full of shit. I think, I think Donald Trump, I mean, you look at his record versus his rhetoric, clearly he was an authoritarian, but his message was anti-authoritarian. His message was don't trust the establishment. He played on that. He fooled the people who are anti-authoritarian. And that's what you are doing, Jill Lawless, writing a piece of status trash like this. Unless, unless you are under duress yourself. Jill's scared. Check out the article I just put in the Producers Club. At least 50 journalists were killed just in 2020. And this is all over the globe. And these are only the ones reported, not the ones that were suicided, let's say. Like Jeremy Hastings. In the United States. Is that it? Is that it, Jill? Are you afraid? You have to keep working with the Associated Press to write articles to get them out like that, but you can't say anything about the American government? Big deal. Yeah, so Joe here's this article from CNN.com. From December 29, 2020, seven months ago, at least 50 journalists were killed in 2020, most outside countries at war. And if you know anything about the history of the FBI and the CIA, a lot of this is fueled by the American government. Here's the paragraph that got me. The upkick was largely due was largely to do with authoritarian nations arresting reporters covering the pandemic and political instability. At least 250 journalists were imprisoned. And this is just in Mexico too. So it's it's not that far away. I, I've been in prison for journalism. I mean, uh, yeah. not, not by my longer stint. Civil or, disobedience. No, 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 no but, but actually journalism reporting the times, reporting police. No, no, I mean, my arrest in my, my arrest in New Orleans that we're still waiting for judgment on with the Louisiana Supreme Court with the shall ID issue was for recording. Quick and speedy trial, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Martin Luther King Jr. said, justice delayed is justice denied. So I wonder, when will justice come to the United States? Will the Associated Press acknowledge the authoritarianism of the United States? Or is it just going to say, is this, is this the only way you're allowed? This is so weird. This paragraph. I, I want to read it again for a third time. I know this is crazy. In the United... This is from the article by Jill Lawless, Associated Press. Authoritarianism advances as world battles the pandemic. So, Steve, email Jill. Tell her. I, I really want her to see. Like, Give her the timestamp in the YouTube video. I'm going to read this art, this paragraph a third time. So I want I want to interview her. Send her an interview request for Adam versus the man. I want to know. In the United States, President Joe Biden has veered away from the populism of Donald Trump, but a Republican Party radicalized by the former president's supporters has every chance of winning power again. By all of the definitions of extremism that you talk about in here, censorship, corporatism, violence, suppress political repression, the Democrats are just as bad, if not worse, than the Republicans, Jill. I wonder. I wonder. Shared in the Producers Club, we have another story to help answer this question, and then we are going to skim some COVID headlines and get to some, some good news here. 
from the Daily Mail, 1972 prediction of the collapse of society is on track to happen by 2040. Economic growth will halt in decades. Food will become scarce and human population will decline, KPMG study finds. MIT used a world simulation model to learn how our world would fare from 1972 to 2060. The model looked at a number of factors such as population, industrial output, persistent pollution, and found a societal collapse could happen by 2040. The research was criticized at the time, but an accounting firm analysis took another look at MIT's data and found their stark prediction was correct. The recent work shows our business as usual mentality will spark a decline of economic growth within the next decade, but a total collapse of 2040 uh, by 2040. Uh, it doesn't have to be like this. There, there will be an arc of decline of the American empire as there was of the Roman empire in every great empire that has come and gone in human history. And I, I think the Chinese empire actually will be the last empire. The last empire. Yeah, it gets to be the Chinese. Because after this, we're coming into a different phase of, uh, of human existence. The American, you look at the American experiment, the economic momentum, and I think there's a lot to be said for this model. But I think it ignores the accelerating effects of technology and enlightenment and connectedness. They can keep us divided with COVID, but only until they bully us into hazmat suit world and we say, fuck it, we're going to hug each other and we're going to meet face to face and we're going to be a connected world again. They can only slow this down for so long. Jill Wallace is terrified. She's a London correspondent. She works out of the UK and they are very limited in what they're allowed to say. I would, true, Jill? The press is very suppressed. suppressed. It's suppressed in London, we all know that. They're not even allowed to uh, print opinions over there, only present facts with no, which is why I like listening <clears throat> to BBC News more than American news because you get less opinions and more facts, which is good, but it's forced and mandated and regulated and they're not allowed to tell the truth or their opinions. So yeah, Jill's scared and under some strict regulation. Well, Jill, if you're not scared, come on and tell us. Blink twice if you're not scared. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, with that, I, I, I leave it to you, the audience, for the last... 40 minutes of our show. Get your comments in. Steve, hold them up on screen if you want me to read them or respond while we uh, take our COVID vitamins, get, get dispense some misleading medical advice, and, and skim through some headlines. I'm going to put him down and pull him up for a quick producer note. This is the second time now it's happened, and I'm not really sure what it is, but your audio just went super haywire. And it's noticeable because I've confirmed it with other people so it's not just me so say something again to let me double check that we're good something again to double check yeah the no word. no your audio has turned into ro mr roboto weirdoness and i don't know why it was totally no. random last time it fixed itself within 10 or 15 seconds but it's not really acceptable for an audio podcast from a producer standpoint how long has that been going uh, well, it's just literally right when you started telling Steve, okay, we're going to uh, do some headlines that started getting wacky. So we're switching devices right now. That's perfect. Okay. Sorry for that one quick technicality, everybody. He's just setting his uh, camera up on his other device, which is working properly now. Uh, as he mentioned earlier in the show, he was using T-Mobile 
to save him from his earlier issues with Verizon. And he mentioned that I said something about a solar flare. I don't know the accuracy of that. You have to look it up for yourself. Find uh, Google solar flares and uh, internet connections. Oh, I should have waited two more seconds for him to take a drink. My bad. All right. How's That's that? That's much better. Beautiful. Okay. We, All can, right. we can resume life. Thank you. All right. I just I want to make sure my brightness is uh, is is low enough. What do I call to see if you are a random text message? Call to, call to see if you're qualified for our BBI program. See how much we can offer before you're building. Interesting. Hmm. Um, wow. Okay. Wow. All right. Yeah. That, I think that's about the, uh, the, the premier buildings buildings we have here. All right. To COVID, shall we? Let's do it. CBS Boston COVID sniffing police canines in Bristol County are first in country. What? COVID sniffing dogs. And they're saying like for service, like, what are you, what are you going to do? Hey, you've got COVID according to my dog. Get out of here. Really? Really? Like what? Holy shit. Remember? Okay. Back to that last AP article in Jill Lawless. Latest excuse to have more police dogs. Hello? Yeah, latest excuse here in the United States, too. All right, Spain, encouraging headline. Spain's top court rules, pandemic, lockdown, unconstitutional. And, and it, it, I, I, there's a, maybe they only get away with it once kind of nature to this. And this gives me hope. Maybe there's enough that will be adjudicated in the wake of COVID with the lockdowns and shutdowns that puts a barrier up to what they can get away with next time. Maybe. I think it's too early to call. I am hopeful on this count. Spain's constitutional court ruled Wednesday that a strict stay-at-home lockdown order the Spanish government issued under state of emergency during the first wave of COVID last year was unconstitutional. Hypothetically, the way this should work is that means they don't get away with it again. While upholding most terms of the state of emergency, and then you go, oh, yeah, of course they did. The court said provisions ordering the population off the streets, except for short shopping trips, unavoidable work, commutes, commutes, and other essential business violated Spain's constitution. The court issued a brief statement that described the ruling as a split decision. State broadcaster TVE said six magistrates were in favor and five against the full decision is expected to be released in the coming days. I, I'm hopeful, too, that in the United States, we will have our own versions of these kinds of lawsuits at some point. There, there will be people who have clear standing. How many people, because of a lockdown order or a shutdown or a business shutdown or something, had their kid die from lack of access to medication or their spouse, right? And I, I, there has to be a living person to pursue the lawsuit. <laughs> uh, I, I hate to go to such gruesome examples. But when they go to seek to hold people accountable in government for specific lockdowns, I think there's going to be a meaningful pushback that will put a barrier up as to how much they can get away with next time for this. Kick 91 on YouTube, Lockdown Melbourne, Australia, Lockdown number five. Yeah, we're getting to that. We're get, we got an Australia article in the stack today. Wall Street Journal, many jobs lost during the coronavirus pandemic just aren't coming back. Hate to say I told you so again. Uh, companies see automation and other labor-saving steps as a way to emerge from the health crisis with a permanently smaller workforce. I don't think we need to get any deeper into that one. 
All right, here's the here's the uh, here's the Australia story from Daily Mail. Chaos in Melbourne as furious protesters storm the city just hours before Victoria's crippling five day lockdown begins. As crowds demand, Dan Andrews is sacked over his handling of COVID nineteen. Hundreds of protesters have swarmed in Melbourne's CBD. That's that's uh, a district, not not, <laughs> not. They don't have like a giant pile of. CBD in Melbourne to protest against Victoria's looming lockdown. Premier Daniel Andrews on Thursday said Victoria had no choice as the state's COVID outbreak grew to 18. 18? Wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, I read that right. Uh, Going into the story here. Premier Daniel Andrews on Thursday said Victoria had no choice but to enter a snap statewide lockdown to contain a growing outbreak of the COVID-19 Delta variant. The decision came after the state recorded two new cases, bringing its cluster to 18. 18. 18. 18. 18. Which was sparked when NSW's New South Wales, I believe, outbreak was imported into Melbourne by a Sydney removalist working interstate. But hundreds of angry residents did not agree with the premier, demanding he be sacked for plunging the state into its fifth lockdown since the pandemic began in March 2020. 18? Eight, 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 18 cases? I, 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 there's a the guy wearing a hoodie, uh, leading this crowd in in one of the photos with the news article I love, and it just says the media is lying to you. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jim. That guy. Uh, and and I, another one of these signs here, Jim. If you can scroll down, a real pandemic needs no advertisement. Yeah. Yeah, and I I wonder now in Australia too, like eighteen cases. How many of those are false positives? If you can fake eighteen cases, eighteen people come in with the snivels and test positive. I, remember how many false positives? I, I, again, I hate to say I told you so, but if, if we accept these false positives as uh, or tests with false positives as the excuse. And it's, it, it's a denial of due process. It's a knee-jerk response. We're going to deal with it. You're going to give them the excuse to do this again. And in Australia, at least it's nice to see perhaps it's wearing thin. Healthy disrespect on YouTube. Australia has had more deaths due to the jab than they, they had for COVID. Is that, is that, do you have a source for that? I'm skeptical. But uh, in the United States... Uh, we, we may be getting up to that number soon, uh, but I don't, I don't think it's on that scale. Although I, I will say Australia might be different because Australia had, uh, very effective lockdowns, although draconian and with, 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 you know, pure worse than the disease dynamics, obviously. Um, I, I, my understanding is in Australia, they actually did have, like, we, we, their case counts were so low that yeah, 18 is like, yeah, all right, we're at 18 now. So yeah, that 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 Australia, because in the United States, well, I, what what are the numbers? I, uh, should we do do we do the do we do the quick math? We have enough time left in the show, yes, to get to our headlines. Specific math. Um, how? No, we're okay. We'll do the Google math. 
How many Americans died from COVID? And then how many Americans have gotten vaccine? Remember, we keep looking at this. It was 48.5 last time we checked. Remains unchanged as of, did we check it yesterday? Or the day before, maybe? Yeah, still 48.5. So they're saying the deaths in the United States officially are 607,000. And we, we believe from the, the various analyses that we've done and the guests that we've interviewed about this on anniversaries of man, that the, the actual really died from COVID is somewhere between, and I, and I hate to give such a big range, but it still provides significant insight here and, 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 and basis for relative scale. Uh, somewhere between 10 and 50%. There's a huge misattribution of died with COVID as opposed to from COVID. Uh, there are a number of false positives. Uh, there are a number of, of deaths where COVID needs, uh, COVID, COVID was given too much credit. And you can say it was a minor contributing factor as opposed to the cause of death. Um, nowhere near the actual cause of death. Uh, not nowhere near, but not, not nearly uh, as significant for people dying of, uh, uh, of, of other chronic diseases that are being misattributed. Uh, but if it's, if it's 50% and, uh, you know, they're saying, you know, how, how many, let's see, how many, what happened how many Americans died from COVID vaccine? I don't know if they'll even tell you that. Uh, no, you don't get the graphs. I mean, if you, if you Google how many Americans have died from the vaccine, or how many? Excuse me, how many Americans have gotten the vaccine? <laughs> gotten the vaccine? Google gives you graphs and stats, and it's it, it, it's it's very thorough data. When you Google how many Americans have died from COVID, you get a it's gray instead of green. It's really interesting color propaganda. So I, I, I kind of got to put this on screen here. Excuse me for a second for this. Uh, sloppy. Yeah, you can see my vitamins in the background there. Yeah. So here's the here's the what you get. How many Americans have died from COVID? It's gray. How many Americans have have gotten vaccine? It's green. How many Americans have died from COVID vaccine? And they give you more misinformation. Uh, CDC.gov. Select adverse events reported. Um, the, that's you know from the VAERS uh, vaccine adverse. Uh, event reporting syndrome uh, and and actually what they're trying to give you in in the news here is uh the opposite of what i'm looking for here they're, they're giving me the headline from the ap from three weeks ago nearly all covid deaths in u.s are now among unvaccinated it's because the vaccine killed the fragile people <laughs> got the vaccine <sighs> Well, no, but this is what they're pushing for fear to get the vaccine. It's like, oh, look, only unvaccinated people are dying. Not true. Yeah. Yeah. Breakthrough cases. Um, and then and then they give you the uh, the fact checking. And it's, and it's old. Have thousands of Americans died from COVID-19 vaccines? Well, when we interviewed Dr. Mary Ruward a month ago, it was uh, it was it was about forty two hundred. And if it's it's really just tracking that, and it's, it's I, just like no, I, I can't even get a straight answer from I Google got, on this very easily. 
How many Americans died from COVID vaccine? It's CDC says about 5,000. And I only know this because I had this argument online with somebody the other day who screamed at me, so your sources. And it happened to be the same page with the information was on the same page they had cited for me for the COVID deaths. Like all I had to do is read a little bit further down 5,000. But Google won't tell you, doesn't, they, they don't want to make it easy to answer this question how many Americans have died from COVID vaccine? And like that should tell you something enough. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, see COVID data tracker. They send you to that. Um, yeah, I had to dig for this. This is this is general COVID stuff. Let's see. The third one on Google here is COVID101.org. How many people have died from the vaccine in the U.S.? At least here we get a straight answer, right? This is, so this is updated June 14. Over 309 million vaccine doses were given in the U.S. as of June 7, 2021. The vaccines have been proven to be safe and effective. Ah! Woo! Sounds like a biased source if there ever was one. Vaccination is happening under the most intensive safety monitoring in U.S. history. Now, that I believe, yeah, there's probably a lot of monitoring, but it's more to bury shit than to actually uh, report because you can't even get this number. So here it is. Now now they do have a number. It's between December 2020 and June 7, 2021, VARES received 5,208 reports of death, 0.0017%. There's still a tiny percentage. I, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm generally against this vaccine primary, I mean, for a lot of reasons. They, they, they're being pushed without accountability, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I'm I'm not going to fear monger on the vaccine. It's not that dangerous in and of itself. And now some people in my audience, but Adam, how dare you take the pro vaccine? I'm not taking the pro vaccine side in this. But there's clearly an exaggeration among some people who are trying to fear monger, say, saying that, oh, yes, people are dropping dead left and right because of the vaccine. No, it's still a very small number. What I am legitimately afraid of with the vaccine is the more subtle long-term health impacts. Totally. And especially the infertility for women impacts and the blood clotting and the mRNA. And, 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 and yeah, there, there, there's some issues with that. Is, is it people dying right now? No, that's not the racket. But it is being underreported because it is on the verge of the cure being worse than the disease. If 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 it's 600,000 they're reporting died from the uh, from COVID itself, and and let's 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 lo lo go go to the middle of that. Say that's a quarter legitimate, right? It's 150,000 le Americans legitimately died primarily from COVID. And you think about it being a funky off-season flu that 40,000 people die from every year. Anyway, the the flu virus is out there, new strain. Nobody's got immunity. We're getting all, all these vulnerable people. Yeah, the thing. I, yeah, that's to me that's believable. Six hundred thousand, a lot of false attribution in there. But let's say it's one hundred fifty thousand, and then they push a vaccine on us that so far they admit has killed fifty two hundred at this point. Now remember what we learned from Dr. Mary Ruer is that historically, this is underreported by a factor of ten to hundred. So if this is typical, when you see fifty two, when you see when you see. 5,000 deaths in bears, 
to extrapolate what the real number is, and you have to look at this on a case-by-case basis, and God damn it, it pisses me off more than anything else, that I have to say, I don't know at this point, but that should piss you off too, because it's the people responsible for coalescing and reporting the data, dropping the ball intentionally in this case. So if you take that number 5,000, and you wanted to extrapolate what's the actual number of deaths, you multiply by 10 and you multiply by 100, and that's your range, which means it's 50,000 to 500,000. Now, is it is it 500,000? I don't think so. And Mary Ruhr, Dr. Mary Ruhr pointed out that this number could actually be closer to accurate. You might be only multiplying by a factor of two or three. It could be that small because there is a lot of scrutiny. There is a lot of, a lot of attention on this right now. There's a lot of incentive for, uh, or there, there might be some incentive for false reporting of a vaccine death. If you're a doctor with a patient to say, oh, I think they died because of the vaccine. If only for more attention and federal funding and to feel important and things like that, right? But even with these big death numbers, immediately with the vaccine, and again, now you can factor in the depression, the suicide, the drug overdoses, the domestic violence, the poverty, the, all the economic frustrations, and you can say, yeah, the cure has been worse than the disease already. I think you, it's, uh, it's with, undeniable. Without the physical deaths or, or, or side effects, yeah. Even, I, I, even without that, people even losing that. their businesses, losing their jobs, even not going that. to school, kids aren't socializing. Like, yeah, this, this the disease won. The virus, the disease, the virus, whatever, it won. The conspirators. Conspirators. All of those who and I'm not I'm not being a conspiracy theorist. I'm being a conspiracy a conservative conspiracy realist here to go to look. Look, there are a lot of people who work together, who conspired, who planned together. The fuck you. Yeah. To keep the rich getting richer at the expense of the rest of us using this pandemic as the excuse. And they even told you they were doing it in clear English. The, the business will come back under new owners. Yeah. They, they told you. Yeah. Open secrets. All right, we got a lot of headlines to skim through here now. Mediaite.com. Germany finds YouTube six figures for removing video of anti-lockdown protest. There sounds like there was some good person in the in the German government who says, "Oh yes, you, we we need this right to free speech." YouTube said, uh, "Well, German court is ordering YouTube to pay one hundred eighteen thousand dollars for removing the video of a protest against COVID nineteen lockdowns filmed in Switzerland last year." A regional court in Dresden, a fluke, honest judge in German's court system, perhaps, ordered to pay ordered YouTube to pay the hundred thousand dollar euro fine last week, more than a year after the company ran afoul of German laws. And they basically, and YouTube said it was our policy, and Germany said, "Well, the law comes before your policy." Maybe at some point, the laws of free speech around the world can be used against online censorship. And I gotta say, I'm excited to see what comes out of Trump's lawsuit on this count. Well, that's the only thing I really like that he ever did. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There have been a few others. <clears throat> um, the Washington, I mean, yeah, yeah, sunshine on a dog's ass and all that. The Washington Post at MSN.com, COVID-19 global updates, protests hit Athens and Paris over new coronavirus restrictions, vaccine mandates. Again, the United States being shown how to be American. Protests flared in France and Greece on Wednesday as residents angry over coronavirus curbs and vaccine mandates in both countries marched against new stricter regulations. They say discriminate against people unwilling to be inoculated. 
from Axios at Yahoo, Alabama military base first in U.S. to order troops to show COVID vaccine proof. Interesting story. Uh, this issue ordered Wednesday uh, makes Fort Rucker the first military base in the continental U.S. to permit leaders to check the vaccine status of those in uniform. It says if you're not wearing a mask, it's not as bad as it sounds. If you're not wearing a mask, the leadership will be able to ask you, ask soldiers to prove they've been vaccinated by showing their vaccine card. Interesting split in the military on this one. Uh, it's protocol to be shot up with drugs in the military, though. So I mean, I don't know if it, but, but you know what? The, I just realized something. It's tempting to see this. There's a scary march of COVID policy, right? But based on what you just said, Joey, they never checked my vaccine paperwork before when I was in. No, huh? And I was—I actually. But they gave. I dodged. The they yeah, well, in boot camp, boot camp, in boot camp, I got all of them. Right. Then I dodged the smallpox vaccine, and I dodged the second half of the anthrax vaccine series. They're going to bring it on trial for that now. Nobody Not checked. <laughs> Nobody checked. But they assumed that everybody had it. You know, we were right. It was assumed that everybody had it. it Why do they have to check? They never checked her vaccine. And when I mentioned it, like, oh, we've been treating her on vaccine. Like, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it when I came in here the first time. But, yeah. The dog is on vaccine. <laughs> oh, for regular it's dog vaccines. Regular yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Now, no, those are legitimate. There's no like I'm not. I'm very fair. I'm I'm very very pro vaccine. Let me be clear about this. In terms of what is a vaccine, vaccine, what is science? In terms of what vaccines have meant for humanity, I am so pro vaccine. To be anything other than pro vaccine is to, to be anti vaccine. Uh, is is to be like anti metal or anti anti plastic. I guess. I I mean. I guess you can be anti plastic. Uh, to be anti-Kleenex tissues. I guess you can be against that because of the, the word. But against, to be against computers, right? Uh, I guess you can be against. But no, like, again, a vaccine, it's a technology. And when it's right. done right, it's, just, it's fine. Like it's, it's, But they take 10 years for, like, clinical research and peer reviews until we deem it safe. They're using the excuse for not lifting cannabis or they prohibition. they take responsibility for it, at They're least. They're saying they won't release cannabis right. prohibition because there hasn't been enough research. Meanwhile, people are dying. But their excuse for bringing this thing that hasn't been researched out is to save people from dying without it. None of this makes sense. It could be that uh, it it doesn't. All right. I, there's too much I want to say about this. We have no, we have headlines. Um, fourteen minutes, not four minutes. Uh, he from. The Epoch Times. Well, I've got 146 on my live counter here. One, okay. Um, start 10 minutes late. Yeah, yeah. Well, five minutes late. Uh, YouTube censors North Carolina County government meeting from the epochtimes.com. I don't share a lot from, from this particularly biased source. The County Board of Commissioners in North Carolina is pushing back against tech giant Google after YouTube, owned by Google, deleted one of the board's videos for allegedly violating YouTube terms and conditions regarding medical misinformation after its June 16 meeting, the Anderson County Board of Commissioners video uploaded on YouTube was taken out, prompting commissioners 
to call an emergency meeting on Friday, June 18th. It's funny because on Adam versus the man, we go, oh, my God, we got censored on YouTube. Where, where do we go now? During the emergency meeting, the board directed staff to seek out other platforms on which the board's meetings can be hosted, <laughs> as well as to find alternatives to Google products. You guys, you think we should go on OnlyFans? You <laughs> need <laughs> a city council meeting. <laughs> that's, that's just what I was like, yeah. But it's got local city governments in order to in order to hear comment from citizens, right? Because they they excuse me. A lot of them do constituent comment sections in their meetings, and it's sort of like open mic. They're like you can't post that because it violates YouTube's ter YouTube's terms of service. Uh, like at some point, censorship fails. Like at, 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 at some point, I, I, I mean, yeah, it works. Censorship succeeds. They do it because it works. I'm not denying that. But when exposed for what it is, like they can only keep it up for so long. And <laughs> like local government, like, oh, whoops. I can imagine YouTube has taken a relative hit since google took over but it's google they don't care like they still make it money it's like when you tell mcdonald's you're never coming back like, okay whatever <laughs> billions and billions and billions served. <laughs> all right good news though to end our covid blog from rt.com that's right russia today germany will not make covid jabs mandatory merkel confirms with voluntary vaccination held up as way forward Excuse me. At least, uh, at least, uh, not even for. Excuse me. Not even for healthcare workers. And it, the funny thing in this is, like, we're we're doing this all to defer to the science. And it's like, well, there are healthcare workers that are getting fired for not taking the vaccine because they defer to science. This, this is not science anymore. Uh, yeah, but uh, I, they have tried to do this. Um, there, there are various attempts still around the world. Uh, France just announced, you know, we covered this, uh, the, the rolling out vaccine passports, but they can't do it. It's, it's going to fall apart globally because there's going to be such a, a, a patchwork. Um, but in Germany, it's a small minority. Uh, and this is who knows how accurate this is, but figures from the Robert Koch Institute already show that 80% of Germans are largely in favor of being vaccinated. Um, okay. So, who knows where this is going? CNBC.com, Delta reports, and Delta Airlines, not the Delta variant. Delta reports first profit since 2019, thanks to federal aid, improving revenue as travelers return. Delta reported its first quarterly profit since late 2019, thanks to federal payroll aid. That's not a profit, that's a fucking bailout. Really? Really? You know. The Atlantic at MSN.com, cash for kids comes to the United States. And no, it's not. They're not selling kids on the street. Uh, calm down. On a week, this, this is about a tax credit where they're going. And it's funny. They're going door to door to push a tax credit for kids. And it's like, are they doing population control? Are they encouraging people to have kids? Are they trying to control who has kids by those who are tied into the system and give them extra money for having kids? Interesting dynamics there. 
Fox 5 in Baltimore, Joey. Hey. Aren't you glad you don't live in Baltimore where city schools have 41% of high school students earning below a 1.0 GPA? I think that number's up. <laughs> down from from what I, I never I never had the displeasure of going to city schools my parents were wiser than that they put me in a nice middle of the road Christian school that didn't indoctrinate me too much on either end of the aisle and I got out scot-free so ish ish Speaking of church education, the countersignal.com 45 churches engulfed or attacked an ongoing anti-Christian terror campaign. And this is in Canada. Terrorists are attacking and burning on churches across Canada with impunity. And what's the last church story we had out of Canada? It was Gestapo government thugs dragging the Polish preacher out of, uh, arresting him on the side of the road. And well, who's attacking churches in Canada? Government. Huh. It's a reality most Canadians only thought possible for Middle Eastern countries like Syria. Uh, now, after six years of liberals calling Canadians racist and fanning the flames of hatred, hate crimes are becoming commonplace against Christians in Canada. Things have even gotten so bad that our American neighbors are beginning to worry. Uh, really interesting. 45 attacks on Christian, mainly Roman Catholic congregations, 17 scorched or burnt to a crisp in suspicious circumstances. Churches are saying uh, serving indigenous congregations uh, have been spared the air of the ire of what looks to be a far left terror campaign. In fact, unlike the fake Catholic Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who sympathizes with the terrorists, First Nation nations elders and former residential school survivors have been some of the loudest voices calling for the attacks to end. And, uh, yeah, churches going up in flames in Canada. Far-left terrorism campaign. Very um, interesting. Uh, very suspicious. Sounds like a government op more than something organic. Speaking of which, the Washington Post, U.S. military once trained Colombians implicated in Haiti assassination plot. Pentagon says. Uh, uh, woo. Some of the former Colombian servicemen are arrested after last week's assassination of Haiti's president previously received U.S. military training according to the Pentagon, raising fresh questions about the U.S. ties to Obanel Moise's death. Yeah. Miami security firm from the Associated Press, follow-up story, Miami security firm faces questions in Haiti assassination for the owners of a, or owner of a small private security company with a history of avoiding paying debts and declaring bankruptcy. It looked like a good opportunity. Find people with military experience or a job in Haiti. To Cuba, Finger Lake Times, more than 5,000 Cubans detained during protests. 5,000? 5,000. Now, there could be all? a lot of catch and release. Okay. You know, it happened. Like, remember when we got arrested during the anti war days, like at the Capitol en masse? Like, it would you're, be, you'd you get already. taken to a warehouse and you give us, you know, ID, site, and release. And it's really just to break up the protest. It's not to. Jail. The purpose is not to jail and imprison and most thousands. Get and it's 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 like we want to physically remove you so that we can break up the protest and giving you a ticket is our literally it was a ticket. It was a, you could pay by mail in a lot of those cases. Now <laughs> I don't think it's quite that gentle and benign and well organized in Cuba right now. So. Um, we've seen some brutal methods used by Cuban security forces um, with, with with officers. Uh, uh, shooting people with uh, people being beaten in, in front of their families, 
uh, with protest leaders being uh, rooted out and taken away. Um, I can't imagine the Libertarian Party of Cuba, who's uh, many of whose members have spent a lot of time in jail in recent years, is doing particularly well through all of this. So we will be coming back to this story next week for sure, we looking at what's go. gone in Cuba. Hopefully, get a guest on that. Let's get Zach Foster yeah, back on. Time to talk is time. Time to talk to our Libertarian Cuba LP correspondent. Uh, Dutch crime reporter DeVries dies after being shot. Rest in peace to celebrity Dutch crime reporter Peter R. DeVries. Uh, yeah. Thank you for your work. Forbes.com, thank you for your service, sir. Uh, buy passport with Bitcoin, escape taxes. Fun story by Robert W. Wood. Have you ever considered living in a Caribbean tax haven? Becoming a citizen, maybe even ditching your main passport? Yeah. Uh, and now we had, we had some police state updates. You know, I think, I think we're just going to... I think we're just going to... Well, we did the... Uh, Let's see. Wakefield police use sonic blast, a high-pitched alarm to temporarily disable armed rise of the Moors suspects. Remember that incident? Interesting footnote from that. We've got the story from Utah with Chad uh, Brinold, if you want to read about him getting executed in a police station. And some fighting back from New York Post video shows DoorDash driver contaminating Brooklyn Cups Chipotle order. Yeah. Putting in a note, you know, I'm about to violate the shit out of this already said on the video. And then in the note, crammed into the burrito bowl. Hope that dick tastes good, bitch. Yeah, yeah, police are uh, recognizing some legitimate hatred. And eastvalley.com has this story that Jim shared in the producer notes about First Amendment audits. Phone slingers. Haunt and taunt Mesa cops. Haunt and taunt. Haunt like and taunt. Like uh, yeah, no, uh, as in hold accountable. Yeah, okay. Uh, Let's get Steve up here. Comment contest winner. You got anything for us, brother? Uh, I believe Mike Freeman was the only one that entered the comment contest. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Mike Mike might win by default. Um, Again? Mike. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I, hope the, uh, I hope the positive conclusion of, of today's episode is sufficient to uh, to answer the question, hmm. I think that I think the weight of the positive momentum means humanity keeps dancing forward and, and and not the other way around. Two steps forward, one step backwards, perhaps. Do you feel better? No. Is the dick in a burrito <laughs> a step forward or backwards? Forward. Well, it's a cop's burrito, so okay. it's a step forward. Okay. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> I hope you feel better now than you did at the start of the show. I mean, we started we started with all the negativity, although we did we did get into uh, the positivity and the secession sentiment, some fighting back from COVID, some limits to tyranny. Steve, any final thoughts? Uh, Rob B wins the comic contest. Because Mike Freeman said so. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, do you have his comment? Uh, Rob B, repost your, repost your comment. All right. We'll get it up by the end of the producer yeah. notes. Thank you, Steve. Jim. Bruce What's notes, going on? I hope you enjoyed the show, everybody. Really quickly, i just like to add that that article, that last one about the phone slingers, is just a long propaganda piece made to justify that the Mesa Police Department is going to be encrypting their scan their radio traffic that's the whole thing because they're pointing out how the auditors 
follow their scanners to get to the call. Mm -hmm. So they're going to encrypt their shit, which they shouldn't even be allowed to. But we can get into that in another show sometime, possibly. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, the way you can follow along with the show, t.me forward slash Adam versus Samantha, public telegram channel. The way you can support the show, patreon.com forward slash Adam versus the man. The $10 a month to get you access to the private producers club, which is a good time. The way you can check out everything with the personal life up there in Gardenia is Instagram at the Garden of Freedom. Some websites we promote and uh, wish success to is homefrontbattlebuddies.com, where all of your donations are tax deductible. The crypto6.com, where Mr. Nobody waits with his address for you to send him a letter. And gogreenenergyonline.com, where all do it yourselfers looking to go off grid should start who to educate themselves and uh hope you enjoyed the show love y'all have a good day and according to the good news network on this day in history it was on this day in 1799 the ancient rosetta stone was found in the egyptian village of rosetta and hopefully today adam versus the man has served as your rosetta stone for translating the bullshit mainstream narrative. See what you did there. Back into terms that can be easily understood in an empowering way to move about this world more freely than you would have without us. And with that, thank you so much for joining us. Peace and love, y'all. Choose happiness and be excellent to each other. <laughs>